step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Tonight, Michael Brown joins me here. This is the former FEMA director. Talk show host, Michael Brown. Brownie, now. Brownie, you're doing a heck of a job. The Situation with Michael Brown. You're a political expert. On 630-K-HOW, Denver's talk station. situation with Michael Brown. Text 33103 with the keyword Mike. The so-called talent would like you to download the iHeart app. Favorite the situation with Michael Brown and the weekend with Michael Brown. You can click the red microphone button to leave a talk back. It is a great way to leave a compliment for Dragon. Finally, check out all of the great work from Dragon by going to michaelsaysgohere.com. Back to you, Dragon and Mr. Head Goober, a.k.a. so-called talent. Michael, I was on a call the other day about a new book that's coming out called Full-Time Work and the Meaning of Life by David Bonson, B-A-H-N-S-E-N. And um, it's all about why we need to work and why work is actually fulfilling. It's quite an interesting concept, a little bit different than the why we aren't working kind of book. So might want to check it out and certainly send a copy to that influencer. You know, just before I get into I, I, I want to talk about what's going on in Texas for, for a moment. But before I do, Drag and I were talking during the break. You know, Drag and I both both work six days a week. And, and we do it because, one, it financially compensates us. And we like having that little extra bit of money. We also do we we do it because we know that there there really is no job security anywhere anymore. Uh, even if you work for yourself, there's really no job security anymore. And so he gives us both fallback positions, and we like what we do. I also do it because um, there there are very few people in the grand scheme of things. You know, the, the club of, of individuals who have nationally syndicated radio programs is a fairly small club. And I like being a member of that club because I've always learned, I've always been taught, I should say, and I've certainly learned, that you do something well and that will get noticed. And even if it doesn't get noticed, at the time that you want to move on or change or whatever it might be, the fact that you've done well opens up doors that you might not otherwise have had. And so for me, like doing the the Saturday nationally syndicated radio program is something that one, nobody else in this building can lay claim to. I don't care how, I don't care what they think they're doing. Nobody in this building can lay claim to a nationally syndicated radio program. And it also gives me uh, what would you call it, Dragon? It gives me 
uh, entree or gives it gives me that um, like I'm in that club. So if somebody else in that club goes away, dies, gets fired, moves on, retires, whatever, you're in the and, bullpen. And I'm in the bingo. That, that's what I'm looking for. I'm in the bullpen. I'm in the bullpen. Nobody else is in the bullpen, but I am. And that's the way I've always approached my career. And it's led me on a zigzag in my career, which has led to ever-increasing uh, things that fit what I like to do and get, has given me enormous experience. And all that enormous experience from the very first job I had as, well, even going back to even before I graduated from law school, to today gives me the ability to talk about things with a wide range of experiences and a wide range of insight. So why people would why people would sit and think that one they're owed something or two that um, something's below them, get a grip. You think about okay, so nineteen years on radio well, in my 20th year now. And you know where I started? I started on Saturday mornings. I think it was like from 9 to 11 or something. Maybe, maybe it was 8 to 10. I forget what it was. Over on KOA. That's where I started. And basically as an intern. <laughs> like as a, you know, an intern. And... uh Finally agreed that, oh, yeah, well, yeah we will pay you something. I don't know I got paid. I, I forget what it was hilarious. And Tamara just rolled her eyes about it. But by doing that, look, man, I don't know why people, I started to say kids. I, I think there's many adults that don't get it either. Uh, let's, let's talk about Texas for a moment. I don't think that what's going on in Texas is nearly as drastic. Do I think it's a constitutional crisis? Yes. Is it the beginning of a civil war? No. Is it bringing something to the forefront that we need to deal with? Absolutely. But it's not as many would like to claim. It's not some dramatic moment where we're going to have a standoff between Customs and Border Patrol or Immigrations and Customs Enforcement Officers and the Texas National Guard. I think the White House knows that, and I think Greg Abbott knows, that we're at a standoff. It's not even a Mexican standoff. It's a Texas standoff. But that's pretty much all it is. Let's go back to what the Supreme Court said, and let's understand what the Supreme Court did not say. Texas had been sued over the razor wire. A court of appeals, the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, sitting in New Orleans, said, wait a minute, we're going to grant an injunction in this case, and we're going to say to Texas... You can't put up border wire. And the Supreme Court said, wait a minute, we're going to 
we're going to revoke the injunction. We're going to vacate the injunction. And the case is going to go back to square one. So now they're going to proceed on a trial of whether Texas can use razor wire and enforce and, and enforce their borders and enforce as a as a peripheral issue, enforce border or immigration law by securing their border and preventing illegal aliens from crossing the Texas border in that location. And the Supreme Court order also said in terms of Customs and Border Patrol, that case is still pending. So you could go cut the razor wire, but, I mean, they didn't say this, but this is the practical effect of it. You could cut the razor wire, but at the same time, Texas could turn around, right around and put the razor wire back up. So it truly is a Texas standoff. It's just this Mexican standoff. But let's get real about something. I forget, maybe it's three miles. I saw a map over the weekend of where this park is. Uh, and it's it's right along, I forget the name of the Mexican town, but it's this park in Eagle Pass that you can tell that by city planners obviously wanted some sort of setback from the border. So they created this park. And the park borders this town in Mexico. And don't hold me to this, but I think it's about three miles. So we're talking about three miles of a thousand mile plus border. So while you may stare at this one three, in fact, it was kind of funny because one of the, I think again, it was the CBS Evening News we happened to be watching yesterday. They had a, um, drone footage of the park and it's empty and there's nobody coming across at all but here's what CBS Evening News did not show you is that maybe less than a mile maybe three miles, maybe five miles maybe ten miles on either side of this park they're still just coming across willy nilly the flow of illegal aliens has not stopped except for a section for one little section It's, it's like um, you're a kid playing. There's, there's, you're, you're playing in the gutter. There's been a big rainstorm, and so you're playing in the gutter, and you build a little dam, you know, to to stop the water. But the water just keeps going around the other side because you, you can't build the dam all the way across the street from the gutter. Or you're playing in a stream somewhere in the mountains. And you try to build a little dam, but eventually there's so much water coming across that it just spills over both sides of the little dam that you built. Well, Texas built a little dam like a bunch of little kids, and now they're still, that what they've done is they've just funneled all the illegal aliens to either side of that park. And they're still coming across. People in the Biden White House know that this is a standoff. Do you think that they are going to actually confront and order the CBP and ICE to go cut down the razor wire and force the constitutional crisis? No, they're not going to do that. And Texas knows they're not going to do that. So Texas can beat its chest. And then we can have stories about a, I think it was 700. I don't know how long... An 18-wheeler is, 
But whatever that is times 700 has to be several miles at a minimum. Many miles, I would think, of a convoy of God's army is moving into Texas. To do what? Now, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong about any of this. I utterly despise the open border policy of this administration. I utterly despise the three, four, five, six, seven, eight million illegal aliens flooding this country. I despise it. I hate it. I, I have a visceral reaction to this whole political issue. But I also know that this particular subset of the broader, broader issue is being blown way out of proportion. Yes, there are constitutional issues involved. Those are going to be heard in the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals in New Orleans. And the case will eventually go back to the U.S. Supreme Court. And I want to believe that the Supreme Court will look at what's going on in Texas and say, well, they're just trying to protect their border, their, and I I don't like to use the word border, they're trying to protect their park. Just like any city has a right, if they want to close off a park because there's too much drug dealing going on in it, or there are too many homeless encampments, if they want to put a chain link around the the park and put razor wire on it and shut down the park, any municipality could do that. That's That's the equivalent of what's going on down here, except that it just happens to be also on the border between Texas and this whatever the stupid town is in Mexico. But other side, you know, literally, literally where the park ends and the barbed wire and the barricade stops, people could still come across if they wanted to. Now, they're not because there's so much news focus, there's so much media focus, that even the dumbass illegal aliens come ac- coming across are like, you know what, there's too much, l- l- let's go down the road here. And the cartels are doing the same thing. The cartel, cartels are saying, look, we're, we're going to take you somewhere else. You're, you're going to cross over here. So Texas has done nothing to stem the tide of the flow of illegal aliens into this country. They've just put a little dam up, and all the floodwaters are still coming across, but they're just channeling around that park. So can we all take a deep breath about it? Don't get me wrong. It does raise serious constitutional issues. And it does raise the issue of what can state border states do to protect their sovereignty. And it does raise, under Article 10 of the Constitution, serious issues, constitutional issues about the power of states to You know, because the federal government guarantees them a Republican form of government. It guarantees them, and they have failed to do so because we're being invaded. Beyond that, why why do we have caravans going down there? What do you there's not even I, I don't know what the square footage is of this park, but I seriously doubt. So much so that even without doing the calculations I would bet the undisclosed location that there's not enough square footage in this park to park 718 wheelers. 
And then you have so-called self-forming militias going down. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Um, are you going to line up? Now, don't get me wrong, because I kind of like to see this. Are you going to line up along the border for as long as your group of militiamen think you can cover and forcibly keep people from coming across? And what are you going to do when the cartels, with their automatic weapons, start shooting you? Are we going to have a gun battle down there? This may offend some of you, but I don't know that some people that are in this in these militias going down there are really willing to sacrifice their life at the gun of a cartel member in order to make a point. I really don't think they are. You can beat your chest. You can say you're going down there to protect the sovereignty of the United States of America, but, hmm, against a cartel member, against a thug, because you're not going to shoot them first because that'll bring murder charges against you, even if it's a thug, because you have no reasonable fear of, of for your life. Unless, of course, the cartel member happens to raise an AK-47 and point it at you and start, and you, have, you would have a reasonable fear for your life at that point. But I don't think people want to engage in that. I think this is a big psyop right now. Just a big-ass psyop. Both parties, both parties are missing a greater point here. Given how unpopular illegal immigration is, it is stunning to see both of the likely nominees for president fumbling this issue, almost to the point of political malpractice. Now, for Biden, it's pretty obvious. The malpractice is not only keeping the border open, which is killing him in the polls. So, well, I'm with the border closed. They're not going to be able to shut it off between now and November 5. Just a frame of reference here. The uh, There were 300,000 border encounters in December. Uh-huh. That is four mile-high stadiums. Four mile-high stadiums. Four. <laughs> In, in December alone. Alone. Just one month. Four full uh, high stadiums. Yeah. Enjoy. <laughs> Every time Republican congressional leaders go to the White House, they always come away empty-handed. So what's this big negotiation that's going on? And why do I think that both sides are fumbling that issue? Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Morning, guys. Happy Monday. Dragon, you're absolutely right. I was just in Vegas for a geeky IT convention back in September. And there were probably 15 security dogs just at that convention. Vegas has the dogs they need. Not only does Vegas have the dogs they need, but why is it a story? I guess it's just, you know, local local dog makes good. <laughs> local dog gets to go to the Super Bowl. Okay, well, BFD. Uh, Goober number 5143, Mike. Customs and Border Patrol has already cut the wire. Are you high? No, they have not. Now, they may have cut razor wire elsewhere, but where this case comes from, in Eagle Pass, Texas, they have not. And my source is, because I want to go to, I don't want to go to Fox News, my source is CNN. CNN reports as of Saturday they have not. They have stated that they will cut the wire if necessary for an emergency, like to save somebody's life. But no, they've not cut the wire there. If you have a source that says that they have since Saturday of mid-afternoon, then send me the source. They may be cutting wire elsewhere, but they're not cutting wire where this lawsuit arises. And that's important to note because that's where the facts matter in terms of this lawsuit. But enough about the lawsuit. I want to get back on the onto the political side of it. Do you want to uh, give oh, over some of those numbers yes. that we talked about? Yes, numbers, numbers. We talked about this during the break, so unfortunately you goobers didn't hear it. So we're going to explain it over here on the air for you guys. Before we went to break, I did mention that there were 300,000 300, encounters from uh, CBP in December alone, and that equals to roughly four full mile-high stadiums. And uh, Michael was asking me, well, where did I get those numbers? He hasn't seen those yet, but sure enough, on the CBP.gov, yes, in December of 2023, the U.S. Border Patrol recorded 249,785 encounters between ports of entry along the southwest border. CBP's total encounters along the southwest border in December were 302,034. And is that, that's astounding. Now, I was a little curious. It's like, what does that mean? 249,785 encounters between, between ports, of ports of entry. So does that mean not at a port of entry? Because I'm a little slow sometimes. Correct. That's That's not at a port of entry. Some illegal aliens. <laughs> I, I, I'm fascinated that I, that I have to that, that I have to say this. Some illegal aliens actually come across ports of entry, and that was uh, roughly and, fifty thousand. Yes, 50, and, and, and there, CBP just you know checks to see if they have the CBP one app, and they give them an NTA a notice to appear. They check some ID if they have any ID, and they give them a bus ticket. And they move on. So I would this is a total guess on my part. Those that come across at the port of entry 
are those who are not using cartels or not being trafficked or anything else. And they're just like, hey, we understand. And we, we're we smart enough to know that we can just walk across and they're not going to do anything. So they just walk across a port of entry. But six times more <laughs> went elsewhere. Not through a port of entry. Yeah. Which means that the entire border, except for this little park area in Eagle Pass, Texas, is completely wide open. Completely wide open. And this, according to the, according to the average of, you can go to Real Clear Politics, look up issues, and across the board, illegal immigration is the number one issue. It has surpassed economics. Finances. Oh, it's a it's, it's a close race, and they're both incredibly important, in my opinion. And they're both winning issues for Republicans if they just won't f it up. So the malpractice that Biden is committing is keeping the border border open because it's killing him in the polls, and then he's resisting the and. I don't approve of it, but it is the strongest Republican proposal yet to close it. It doesn't close it, but it's it's a start. Because Republicans, well, this is I think this whole piece of legislation is dead in the water anyway. But as I said, every time Republican leaders do try to negotiate, which I think is a mistake, they come away empty-handed. But let's think about it from the Democrats' side, because it, when, when they stiff-arm any Republican proposal, as much as you and I might hate, hate it or despise it, the White House puts itself in this really awkward position of saying it will grudgingly accept their efforts, but only if Republicans make concessions on other issues. So an issue that is killing the White House... Killing their re-election efforts, they're saying we won't make any concessions to you unless you give us concessions in other areas. Which means that, when you look at it from the Republican point of view, they're in the driver's seat. So Republicans could cram this down, except that the Democrats are so, so uh, enamored with and so dedicated to open borders that they can't see beyond that issue because they're determined to keep those borders open. They want they want concessions on Ukraine and they want concessions on Israel, but they're not going to give up any concessions that would cause them to move on the border. I All you have to do is read the polls. It's utterly fascinating from a purely political point of view. Poll after poll keeps illegal immigration as the issue that voters care the most about. The first time the economy has not held the top position. The economic recovery is finally, to some tiny degree, they if they played it right, they can lay claim to a little bit of improvement in the economy. Now, they have to have the cabal to help them. For example, 3.4% GDP growth last quarter or increase in un- or increase in number of jobs. But that's the headline. The story is 
most, I should, not most, a lot of the GDP growth of that 3.4% was government spending, which then drops it down to less than 2%. Then you look at jobs. Oh, yeah, you had, what, what was it, 130,000, 180,000, whatever the number was, doesn't make any difference. The important point that nobody reports is 25%, a full quarter of the new jobs in the last reporting period were government jobs. So while they can use the cabal to claim, oh, look, the economy's improving, yeah, if you consider that growth of government is is good for the economy, then yeah, it's yeah, it's growing. That's certainly not what I want. I want to see the private sector growing. I want to see more taxpayers out there, which means people actually have real jobs, producing something, providing something, not government workers. No, and don't tell me, oh, but Michael, those are new. Those are new recruits. No, because we're still not meeting recruiting numbers. The White House just this is just this shows how ideological they are. They keep highlighting their losing stance on border control by going to court to prevent Texas from using razor wire to stop illegal crossings. They have a fundamental legal argument that only the federal government can deal with immigration. I happen to believe that. There is an exception to that, though, and that is when the federal government fails to enforce the laws, and that creates an invasion. That creates a new position for Texas, which is this is an invasion, and we have a constitutional right to protect our borders. I know it may seem convoluted, but that's the way it is. When your position is that only the federal government can deal with immigration, that makes your position untenable politically because in the absence of strong enforcement on the border, here's what they're effectively saying. Yeah, we, can, we want to cut the razor wire and simply let in the illegal, the, uh, illegal aliens. That's what their argument is. Texas' legal argument is that they have a constitutional right to prevent that invasion. See how it's set up? For Trump and nearly all House Republicans, the malpractice lies not so much in in disapproving of the Senate deal being negotiated by James Lankford, who is who is a staunch conservative from Oklahoma. But they're just rejecting it without emphasizing what they really want instead. What they need to be doing is offering a counterposition that talks about, first and foremost, securing the border by any means necessary. A border wall, technology, troops, whatever it takes to literally stop the invasion. Now, everyone, including myself right now, who is describing this, we're all talking out of our butts. You know why? Because we don't have the details of what the deal is. The leaked part says it would permit thousands of illegal crossings to continue every day before the White House invokes more stringent measures to stop them. Yes, it would hire more border agents. But for what? Border agents just to process more people who cross illegally? Not border agents to keep them out. Not more border agents to deport them. 
So it should be easy for Republicans to respond and say, we want the stringent members immediately, the stringent num- stringent numbers immediately, at zero crossings, not at 5,000. That was a number. They actually threw out a number. We want to reduce the crossings to 5,000 or 7,000 a day. No, we want zero. How about zero? Now, zero is not practical because people will still sneak around somewhere. But when you say that you want the number to be zero, that means you're going to start implementing whatever is necessary to reduce that number to get to zero. It's like the stupid goal in Colorado of we want zero car deaths. Well, that's impossible. Zero illegal crossings are impossible unless you literally build a wall where it's completely physical and where it's not physical, you place enough Border Patrol agents that are empowered and ordered to turn them away, push them, force them back across the border, and never let them step step on American soil. It means that at the legal border crossings, that every person who presents themselves for asylum or just to come in illegally, that you turn them away and say, nope, you got to go back. Now, you do all of that, people will still find a way to sneak in. But that will reduce the numbers dramatically to a trickle. I can live with a trickle. I, oh, you think I'm compromising my position? No, I'm being realistic. I can live with a trickle. Because you know what? If we have a trickle, that means that when we find them here, we should also have laws that say if we find you, like we find you at a homeless encampment, and we find out you're an illegal alien, you know what we do? I'm willing to pay for this. I'm willing to buy them a bus ticket and bus them back into the heart of Mexico. Bus them all the way back to Costa Rica. I don't care. Take them all the way across the Panama Canal. I don't care. Take them, but get them out of here. We're paying, we're, we're paying out the wazoo for that now. We're already paying for bus tickets to send them north. Why not pay for bus tickets to send them south? Because I know we'll never reach zero. But Republicans ought to be saying, we want to seal the border. Our goal is zero. We know we'll never get to zero, so we want to increase Border Patrol agents and ICE agents in the interior of the country and at the border to turn them away at the border, to force them back, to bounce them off, try to sneak in somewhere else, bounce them off again. And those who actually do you know, get bounced back but bounce back in somehow, that when we do find them, we deport them. Wait a minute. Seems like we've done that before. And it seems like it had a politically incorrect name. And it was done by a Republican president named Dwight Eisenhower, and it was called Operation Wetback. I know, that's a pejorative now, and you can't say it, but that's that's historically, that's what the name of, of that operation was, and it was to deport the illegal aliens in this country. You want a nice name for it now? That's fine. Come up with a really nice, comfortable, politically correct name. But do the same damn thing. (laughs) Even if we did all of that right now, 
we did it right now, what are we, nine months out from the election? I'd have to count. Whatever we are from away from the election, it would still benefit Republicans, and overwhelmingly so. So we don't need to kill this bill. We need to make this, well, we need to kill the, this version of the bill. But if we wanted to pass a true immigration reform bill that seals the border and empowers agents to deport and we start deportation, it may die in the Senate. It might get vetoed. (laughs) But guess what that would do? That would prove to us and to prove to voters who see illegal immigration as the number one issue for them that Democrats don't have the answer and that Democrats don't want the answer. Man, this is political malpractice. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. <laughs> The solution is easy to this immigration problem. Make it mandatory for everybody that voted for Joe Biden to host two little illegal immigrants in their home. Problem solved. You know, I always, um, I always get a kick out of those ideas because, practically speaking, they're very, very true. Because, no, they don't want that. Not at all. But the reality is, you you never get it passed. You know what we ought to do is we ought to do it by referendum in Colorado. Hadn't thought about that. Except, wait a minute. But we have, we'd have to do it by petition to get it on the ballot. And, and even that might be questionable in Colorado. But you might, you know, you start talking to the average Joe out on the street, you know, out shopping somewhere about, hey, would you sign my petition? What's it for? Well, to require uh, elected officials in Colorado to each house at least two families of illegal aliens in their homes. We might get the, we, we might get enough signatures for that. Governor's mansion's pretty empty, right? The governor's mansion's empty. It's only being used for, you know, you have to rent it out, for, you know, for a wedding or whatever. But, yeah, we we could put them all in the governor's mansion. And in that little, there's a couple of buildings up there on on, that, on Capitol Hill that we could use them for. Or we could do it this. Uh, anybody making more than, let's just say 100 k just not nice round number. If your adjusted gross income on your latest tax return, your AGI, is greater than $100,000, then you're required to house at least four illegal aliens. So you could have mom and dad and two kids. Hey, that TikToker that uh, wants to make over that from his, you know... Yeah, then, then once he gets that job, yep. paying him more than 100000 he could take into illegal alien family. he believes he is worth. Well, that's right. And suddenly, if that becomes the law, I think I'm only worth 50000 <laughs> <laughs> When I said earlier that, and, and somebody said, oh, I, I'm sorry, I don't have the right text message in front of me, but somebody said that the solution to this is interior enforcement. 
I agree, except you have to have some you have to have some border enforcement before you can do any sort of interior enforcement to be effective. Because otherwise, your interior enforcement is you're never going to get ahead of the game. You just you just can't do it. So you got to stop the you got to stop stop the flow first. Get it down to a trickle, and then you can start doing the interior enforcement. Isn't that what ICE was? And didn't we like cancel well, that's, them? You know, we often refer to ICE as ICE. We forget that it's called Immigration and Customs Enforcement. Right. And it came from Immigration and Naturalization Services, INS, which was deporting illegal aliens. But, yeah, Dragon, we don't. We, yeah, we, do we, we canceled them. We, can't, we canceled them. Right, we canceled them. Um, I don't know if I can finish this or not. If I don't, I'll just finish it the next hour before I get to the next topic. Denver Public Schools. Headline. Well, let me just do the headline. We'll start with the headline first. Denver schools needs classroom donations due to influx of, their term, not mine, migrant students. Michael's headline would read, Denver Public Schools needs classroom donations from citizens because they aren't getting enough money from taxpayers because of the influx of illegal alien students into Denver Public Schools. That's why I'm not a headline writer, because there's the story in essence. You know, just a succinct story. About 2,900 students have enrolled in Denver Public Schools since October. The school system has been getting about 100 illegal alien students each week since the window closed in October. Well, wait a minute. What window closed? Since the window closed in October, what window? The window where they were they sneaking in through a window? She came in through the bathroom window. Is that, is that, is that what we're doing? Wait a minute, come on. Lila Zaragoza has been a dual language teacher at McMean Elementary for the last five years. If what she calls her is what she calls her true calling, uh, has seen a lot of changes. Definitely class sizes. My first classroom, I had fourteen kids. This year, we had thirty-one. Having a hard time adjusting. Well, they should have thought about that when they showed up. Denver needs more school supplies. Whiteboards, markers, regular markers. Bucks to be you. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.